0: As most of you know, since 1991, we have been providing scholarships for young men and women since 1991. Our fellowship has, which we are a vital part of, and I head that up. And uh, we've provided over a million dollars for scholarships. Let me, and we get hundreds and hundreds of students Let me tell you a little bit about one. Just recently graduated from Belmont College of Law in Nashville, Tennessee. Her name is Morgan McAfee. Morgan now is a prosecuting attorney. The 14th district, the state of Florida. And uh, I'm proud of that. About 15 years ago, now we were giving out scholarships for those that were in the five-fold ministries, but then we decided to give out scholarships for people just like this, whether they were going to go to the pulpit or go to missions or whatever, as long as they had a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. As long as... Larry, my voice is just really bad, so... Be ready. <laughs> okay. Amen. Uh, and so I, I just, and that, that's something I, I am so proud of, that uh, we've been able to do that, to see young men and young women go to the mission field, raise, we had one lady to go to a minister that raised over several million dollars. She graduated from ORU. And it's it's own and own and own and own that we have uh, these testimonies of young men and women that <clears throat> has succeeded and now gone on, and uh, we get cards and letters from these young men and women thanking us and appreciating what we've done. It's good to have everyone with us today, uh, especially our guests. Thank you for being with us so so very. We appreciate it so very much. Uh, turn with me, if you don't mind, to Romans chapter 12. Romans tra- chapter 12. <clears throat> and uh, verse 2. Rob, uh, Paul, writing to the church in Rome, <clears throat> says, And do not be conformed to this world, transformed by the renewing of your mind, that's important that, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Father, we love you today. We thank you for the privilege to stand behind this pulpit. It's an honor. I don't take it for granted. Thank you for the ears and hearts that are out that's listening. Give us, give us an understanding of your word and speak to us. We humbly pray. Amen. God formed Satan deformed, Jesus transformed. If you do not have an outline of the uh, message, please raise your hand and they will make sure that you get one. It's a whole lot easier to remember. Just raise your hand. A whole lot easier to remember what you read than what you hear. God forms, Satan deforms, but Jesus transforms. Notice your introduction. At creation, God formed mankind in his image and likeness. And through the disobedience of Adam and Eve in the garden, sin entered the world and deformed God's image in mankind. Now through Christ's redemption on the cross, hallelujah, God's plan is to reform his image in his children, bringing us into conformity with the image of his son by the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. A mouthful, important, that we understand what happened and what went on. Notice first, and I dealt with these two last, Sunday was a week ago, Two weeks ago, I doubt, with number one and number two. But let's briefly look at them again. Very important. First of all, God formed. Uh, God created man. Everything else he spoke to. God said, let there be light and there was light. God said, let there be the earth produce grass and let there be this. He said, let there be just his word. Powerful created. Then he said, let us, the Trinity, let us make man in our image. He didn't speak and say, now man come forth, but God Almighty, the hands of God Almighty took the dust and the dirt and began to form man. And he formed it. There lay man on there on the on the ground. Man couldn't do anything. But then God did something that he's still doing today. He's breathing yes. on the disciples. He's breathing on his disciples. He's breathing on the church. The Bible says that God. breathe life into Adam. Powerful. Powerful. And he's breathing life into us today. God in his sovereignty, formed, sanctified, ordained Jeremiah before his birth. In fact, we find in the fifth chapter, uh, the fifth verse of the first chapter of Jeremiah, before I ordained you in the womb, I knew you. Whoa. Brother Larry, we like that as we do what we do concerning pro-life. I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you I set you apart. I ordained you, I appointed you. Amen. As a prophet to the nations. He went to Babylon. He went to Assyria. He went to Egypt. He went to Judah. God, he was a young man didn't want to go. No, no, no. But God's holy word was burning in him and he had to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God forms us and then fills us. I like that. First of all, he forms us and then fills us. He fills us with his blessings. And this is interesting to me. Notice in John 1:16. It's the amplified. For out of his fullness. Now we're talking about God Almighty that spoke things into existence. And this universe, he says here, out for out of his fullness, the superabundance of his grace and truth, we have all received grace upon grace. Spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, and gift heaped (laughs) upon. You you think we can't, we don't get something from the Lord and He don't give us these things? What a mighty God we serve. Amen? Amen? Romans 15, 29. But I know that when I come to you, I shall come to you. Paul speaking to the church at Rome, in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. What if every minister, every teacher, every witnesser, every person that witnesses, what if they came to the individual, to the church, to the group, with the fullness of Jesus Christ? Then we got one more. It's very, very good. It says, In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you, the believer, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Woo! Not not, Not just a little teeny bit. We're to square our shoulders, put our head back and know what God has put in us. Are you walking and not touching the ground? Because I've got the fullness of God in me. <laughs> Gotta move on. Satan deformed. Adam and Eve were created perfect and placed in a perfect environment. Ever since God formed, Satan has tried. Why is Satan after you? Because he's tried to destroy you. He's trying to destroy you. Satan tries to thwart God's plan. And he tries to stop the plan of God in every one of your lives. He tries to thwart God's plan. He tried to to destroy the human race. Wow. Over and over again, he tried to destroy Israel. And he tried to destroy the promised line of the Messiah. You don't think he did? How about Herod? The wise men came to him and said, there's a a king born. You go find him and let me go see him. But Herod was going to kill him. It was that way throughout his life. The angel woke Joseph up and said, Whoa. You get you get you get Mary and the son get out of here and go to Egypt. You see, you can't destroy what God has blessed. Yeah. Satan deforms. He tried to destroy the Jew, but God sent a lady, a woman, Esther, for a time as this. To salvage God's people. You see, when Satan's maneuvering around and doing his best to destroy, God's already got the plan for him. He it ain't it's not just not gonna happen. It's just not going to happen. For many years, Satan has tried to destroy the nation of Israel, the line of the Messiah. Jesus Christ, they tried they tried to throw him over a cliff and just went right, got away from him. You couldn't do nothing but Jesus till so his time came. And they thought, Satan, the enemy, when they nailed him to the cross, we got him now. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, God, I love this. I love this. Satan not only tried to destroy Jesus Christ, he's tried to destroy the church. Satan seeks to do what? Steal. Kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus looked at Peter one day. He said, Peter, Satan desires, desires to sift you. That word you is plural. He meant all the whole group, the disciples. Satan has a de- desire to destroy you. But I prayed for you. Now can you imagine having Jesus Christ as your intercessor? Not Paul. Not John. But the only one, Jesus Christ. Satan, when Satan tries to destroy you, understand something? Jesus Christ has prayed for you. Now let's let's look at Jesus transformed. Bethel's vision statement is this, and we've had it for years, transforming lives through Christ. I read this last week. I'm going to read it again. God forms us. Sin deforms us. Education informs us. Prison reforms us. But only Jesus Christ can transform. Form us. You know what Jeremiah thirteen twenty-three says? It says, Can the Ethiopian change his skin? No. Can what animal did he use? Thank you. Can the leopard change his spots? Uh-uh. But I'll tell you what. It's impossible for that to happen. But that that's impossible with Jesus Christ is possible with God. The goal of the scripture is not merely information, but transformation. And I read it to you in Romans 12 and 2. We are to be insulated from the world, but not isolated from the world. You can take your boat, your little canoe, your boat, and you can paddle it all over the water, but you let the water get inside and you'll go down. You keep the world out of your life. You keep all that filthiness and ungodliness. and You'll sail through this life. The key to overcoming sin and to growing in godliness is to change your thinking. I hope you don't have stinking thinking today. I hope that you keep a positive, worthy thought of Jesus Christ. You say, Brother Don, how do I change my thinking? Thy word, Psalms 119, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. God Almighty helps us with our thinking. The primary source for changing your thinking is God's word. Now, let let, let me me do something that I'd like to do, if you'll allow me. And that's talk about two people that had great transformation. One of them you know is the Apostle Paul. Paul, the apostle Paul, is arguably one of the best-known figures in the Bible. His transformation is a shining example for every Christian. When we first meet Saul in Acts chapter 8, listen to this. His zeal for the law leads him to persecute Christians. After his conversion, however, Paul was very zealous for the gospel, even unto his death. He did everything he could to stop the gospel from going forward. But God followed Paul on the way to a place called Damascus. He even had letters to have the Christians imprisoned, maybe even murdered. I can see him riding that, I don't know, black stallion, white stallion, that horse and his entourage following him. And he was proud. He was so proud. And all of a sudden, there was a light that shone forth, knocked him off of his horse. Let me tell you, if you're proud, God knows how to knock you off your horse. He knows how to make you cry, uncle. Amen. When he hit the ground, he said, what you want me to do, Lord? What you want me to do? And, of course, you know the story, how he was blinded, had to be led, had to be prayed for, and God gave him back his sight, wrote some of the greatest writings. I think Romans is one of the greatest writings in the world. I think the Apostle Paul's writings are some of the greatest writings in the world. No matter. And no matter what happened to him, he was zealous for God. He was zealous for God. It didn't matter what people said. You know, all the persecutions, the shipwrecks, the stonings and everything. that he. He didn't give up because. He was transformed. You see, you change when you transform. You change not from the outside in. You change from the inside out. The Apostle Paul. Now I want to tell you about a man. I call him the Builder. I became pastor of this church when I was 26 years old. I thought I knew everything, didn't know nothing. I really, I really thought I, I could, now I can pastor this church. And the longer I pastored, the more I realized, man, I need help. I'll never forget, Carol and I went to Fort Wayne, Indiana to see Paul Paino, a man that I really loved, and we spent three days with him, and he just was so kind to us. I wanted to learn because I didn't know. I thought I knew. But we had revivals. That was back in 1969, 1970, 1971, 72, 75. We had rev Now when I say revival, I mean revival. We didn't get out of church. Now we had a we had a radio program at on WTIK that came on live and I I would go down to the radio station. It came on live, it was ten o'clock. There were times I didn't even get down there. we you still have in church. I mean, you had church, you had church, and you didn't do this. <laughs> Time was not a factor. Amen. People would come in wheelchairs and chairs. People would come in wheelchairs and go out walking. They'd come and walk out with crutches and go out walking. I prayed for a woman one time. She had a cancer big as a dollar on her arm. She came back. Her arm was just as clear as a baby. She said, it fell off during the night. I prayed for a young man. He had warts all over him. Face, feet, arms, hands his name was David they all fell off in the bed over and over and over again I'm talking about we had revival a man by the name of Dallas Plymouth's evangelist came and preached for us we were in a church down on Austin Avenue extension and it grew and it grew and it grew and it grew, and it grew. We went into the uh, Sunday school rooms. We brought out chairs. There's that word again. Where did I get that word? Chairs, and we set them in the aisle. I mean, we just continued to grow. People were coming from everywhere. We were on television for three and a half years. I thought I was really someone. I got on television. Good looking too. You know, it's really. It's really. I didn't have. I didn't have white hair then. I hadn't just had COVID and lost 25 pounds. I was on television for for three and a half years, God moved. I'm telling you, people were just so blessed. On radio for about six years. We were building and we were building and we were building. We 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 bought some land and and, and then all the men of the church got together and started. We had Trees on that lot was, I mean, the lot was so full of trees. Brother John A. Blake got his McCulloch chainsaw and he got out there and everybody got their chainsaws and we all cut those trees down, cleared that lot. And we had a, a, a company that came, that we hired from Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee. They sent a superintendent down and he was superintending the things that we got done. And laid the foundation. I formed or designed that church on a Shoney's napkin. And we built it that way. If you look at it from up there, it looked like a jet on the runway fixing a tick off. And so we built that church, seated 300 people. People were coming. During that time that we were building, maybe about a third way through building that building, Brother Dan, the superintendent, had a heart attack. And that's not good. So he had to go back to Nashville. You know who became superintendent? And we all got together and we built. But we didn't know a whole lot about what we were doing. But we worked, we'd cut tubefores and used Ramset guns and boom in the semen, and we, we did a lot of work, but it just was not going well. All of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but this man came one day on the lot and he walked up to me. He said, Who's in charge here? I said, Well, <laughs> I guess I am. Now, if you ever seen a hippie, he looked like a hippie. He was an alcoholic, and you could tell it by smelling him and looking at him. He said, I want a job. I thought to myself, yeah, I'm going to hire this man. I'm really going to, I mean, you know, we're already, already struggling, no superintendent. Now we're going to hire this drunk. God spoke to me and I hired him. <laughs> and I began to witness to him. There was a restaurant there called Lynette's Restaurant over on Driver's Street. And I'd take Vernon Carter over there and I'd witness to him and I'd talk to him. He finally cut his hair, cleaned himself up, got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and quit drinking. Now that's transformation. Yeah that's transformation. I've never in all of my life seen a builder that could build like Vernon Carter. We had the sanctuary in two wings. He could, he, he could put two befores together just like that. He could put walls up. He, he was an amazing man, amazing man. When it comes to building. And so we built another wing. Paid for it as we went. And then we built another wing. And then we went in the back and built a 30 by 70 fellowship hall. And then closed it. It We could eat. We kept on. We were talking about building. Vernon Carter could build. Just turn him loose. He'd build. He was transformed. He cleaned his life up. He became our evangelism chairman, Vernon Carter. And every Thursday, every Thursday, there were about 30, I couldn't believe it. You get 30 now to go out and witness for the Lord. Every Thursday, there were about 30 people would gather together, pray. We had names. And we canvassed East Durham like you've never seen East Durham canvass. We'd witness, we went from house, to, you couldn't do that now. I'm not, you, you, you don't go from house to house. It's, that's not a, I don't guess, I guess we could. Maybe we need to do that. I wish we had 30 people every Thursday to come here and, and just scan out over the community in the neighborhood. The church at that time was the largest it's ever been. We had 210 in Sunday school. We'd go out of, we we would fill up the church and we'd go out into the wing, into the foyer. We'd set out seats in the foyer. We grew. Let me tell you something when lives are transformed, they change. The Apostle Paul's life was transformed and the gospel of the lord jesus christ when it came time second timothy he's writing to his young disciple he said i fought a good fight i finished my course henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness a crown of righteousness Vernon Carter didn't look like the Vernon Carter that came up pulled the lot. It had a wife, a son, a daughter. And you're talking about making a man of God. He made a man of God. God can, can eat the open, change his skin. Can a leper change his spots? No. Can you change yourself? No. But I'm here to tell you, you get a hold of God and God Almighty will touch your life and transform you. I tell this all the time. And if you get tired, I'm tired. I, I'm sorry. But as a team, Brother, brother uh, Matt asked me, which song you want that we to sing? And I thought of the three songs we sung, I'd like for you to sing them all again. I have never been any more blessed with singing than what you did this morning. So anyone you pick out, I'll be ready to be raptured again. I sat in that chair and I was all, see, and I was almost raptured. I'll tell this as they all come for us to see. And all of you know it, maybe not most of you know it. My mother was one of the most precious women ever. Mom we all worked on the field, on the uh, on the field, and, or in the field, and she uh, she worked hard. Before Mama got saved, she cursed like a sailor. I mean, I mean, she 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 was a good mama. She was a good wife, but you didn't cross her. You didn't mess with Mama. Not even throwing her off the train would have done any good. Now, Some of you got that and some of you don't know what I'm talking about. But when mama got saved, she got saved. Listen to this one. She never cursed another time. When she knelt in that altar at that tent and got saved, she never cursed cursed. How does people change? Can a leopard change a spot? Can a woman that curses like a sailor change? Overnight. And I'm not saying if you curse and then you say some words once you're saved. I'm not saying you didn't get saved. I'm just saying God can change you. Jonas was born. He worked hard. Then I came along and then Judy came along. Three of us. Junius was a school bus driver. He drove bus 35. <laughs> I loved him. He's gone now, but I loved him. I miss him a lot. I miss him a lot. At a very young age, he got into alcohol and sin. And he struggled with alcohol much of his life. At one time, he did turn his life around. And for seven years, he served God. But then he backslid. Can you backslide, Brother Don? The Bible says you can. You can. We'd go and get him out of jail. He could himself in the biggest mess you've ever seen. But mama prayed for Junius. Let me tell you something. Your mama and daddy's prayers, the devil can never do anything to them. God hears those. And those prayers, and we prayed for him, those prayers followed Junius. It was like the holy hand of heaven. He got so bad that in the morning, when he get up, he couldn't even drink a cup of coffee. Trying to get it to his lips, he uh, he just he just felt like he was nothing. And then one day, one day, he came in that door, walked down this aisle. Now, right there he gave his heart to Jesus he never took another drop but he was one of the greatest witnesses you've ever seen in your life there were times he was a good man even in his alcoholism he was a good man in fact so I told some people he was a better drunk than I was a preacher he just, he just was a good man But he was bound. I don't know. You may be bound today. You may be bound by lust. Anger may control your life. There may be a habit in your life and you're trying your best to overcome it. God can help you. You may be like Vernon Carter, you may look like you crawled out from under a rock. That God can change you. You may be burdened today. God can take that hand of His and He can heal you. He became one of the greatest testimonies for the kingdom of God that I have ever seen, my brother. That's what transformation is. It's 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 like changing from the old cocoon to a beautiful butterfly transformed. Thank you, Lord. Sing for us, guys. I'm gonna give an altar call in just a moment. Make a decision. Make a decision don't let the devil keep you in that sea not do something in your life to change